Hi, I'm Coach Carol Turner, and Sabrina asked me to stand in for her today. And I have the honor of introducing Rachel Skradsky Lurs to you today for this Q7 session. I do have to tell you up front is that I am her coach, so I know everything about Rachel. <laughs> um, so I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Rachel, are you ready to go? Yes, I'm Perfect. ready. So please tell everyone where you're from, how long you've been in real estate, maybe how long you've been in coaching, um, and your transaction goals for this year, uh, earnings, and I know you like to use your volume as well. Okay, so um, hi, I'm Rachel. I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. Um, I've been licensed to sell real estate for 13 years. I started at 22. Um, I've been in coaching pretty much since I started. Uh, great mentor of mine and business partner for many years, Cindy Forehead, um, had been with the Mike Ferry organization since I think the nineties. So she said to me right away, you have to get into coaching. And so, um, I just listened to everything she said and I got in and I had a few coaches before Carol, but we've been together for what, maybe seven, eight. Yeah. Little, long time. Yeah. A long time. <laughs> we've been, I've been growing every year though. So yes. Yeah. We've been together for a long time. My um, production goal is 80 transactions, which would yield me about 750,000 GCI. And in Omaha, that would be about 30 million. So we don't have, we don't have super high price ranges, but that's where that would put me. Thank you. Great. So one of the reasons I was excited for Rachel to be on this is because when it comes to goals, Rachel, you did something very unique this year, and um, I'd like to walk through that with you. Um, what goal did you want to achieve by May 1st this year? So I wanted to be at 51% of my goal by May 1st. And why was that? Because I was expecting a child, and I, um, so I have a two-year-old, and then now I have a five-month-old. And I, when I had my two-year-old, I had so much anxiety leading up to that birth that I, for the first time in several years, went backwards in my um, production. And so when I found out I was pregnant with my second child, I was like, I'm not going to do that. May is about the worst time that you could have a baby in, in Omaha. I mean, our, our market is very seasonal. And so I really wanted to hit 51% of my goal so that I wouldn't be stressed out while I was trying to take maternity leave. And what day did you have the baby? On May 2nd. Right. The goal was May 1st. And what did you achieve by May 1st? I was there 51%. So 51% of her goal. And if you would have been able to watch, this is why I adore her. Um, she was so inspiring to me. She found a way to make it happen, still being a mom, a wife, and running a team. And she was able to do that by May 1st. And matter of fact, I think I talked to you on May 1st. I have a feeling that was the day of her call. All right. So please tell everyone um, what you told me. What was the lesson you learned from being able to get to 51% of your goal by May 1st? So I think the big thing for me is I am a habitual procrastinator. And so I feel like I'm always like, oh, I have the whole year to hit my goal. And then I'm always super stressed out in the fourth quarter. And like, I won't even set my goal for the next year until like December 15th, because I, 
am just trying to hit that goal. I'm like, what cash buyer can I get to close in 15 days to hit my goal? And so I think that being that I had this looming deadline that I knew, you know, I was going to have this baby, it really pushed me to a level that I didn't know that I could do in a short amount of time. And so it was eye-opening for even myself. I didn't, I mean, I set the goal, but I didn't know if it was possible. So. Absolutely. And where are you now in your business? So I am at about 27 million. Um, so I should hit that 30 um, by the end of the year. And I feel. How many transactions will that be for you? That So right now I'm at about 71. So I should hit the 80. I should hit 80, my goal. Yep. And she's much calmer as a coach and she's much easier to coach when she's on track <laughs> to make her goal. So thank you for that. Um, but she inspired me. And that's why the reasons I had her here, because she was so disciplined in getting that done. And remember, she's at goal now. And she also took two months off because she had a baby. And yet she's still able to get to goal for the rest of the year, which I find uniquely wonderful. All right. So I'm going to go to the questions. Uh, but I thought that story was worth telling. <laughs> Number one, if you have an average day, what does it look like? So my day is a little different because I have two small children. I don't get started super early in the morning like I did in the past when I was building my business. I used to um, wake up and do affirmations and then role play and then get right into prospecting. But now that looks a little different. So um, I have a nanny for my children, a full-time nanny, and um, she arrives around eight o'clock in the morning. So my goal is to be by to the office by 8.30, 8.45, and then to get started with my day closer to nine. Um, and I work late too. I work until six o'clock at night and then um, I'm home with my family from six to eight. So when I come in, um, I, I usually start with getting ready during, while I'm getting ready, I always want to listen to something for my mindset, whether that's a podcast or an audio book, those are usually my go-tos to get kind of in the right mindset for the day. And then when I get in, I do a quick check-in with my assistant just to make sure that she doesn't have any questions and she can get started on her job. And then I do use a goal tracker. It's a little bit different than traditional Mike Ferry calling. Um, mine is more uh, uh, like a spreadsheet that says, you know, five handwritten notes, five text messages, five phone calls, um, five direct messages, and then five either like social media story posts or um, an actual like post on social media, because I do get a good majority of not a good majority, but a good chunk of business from social media. So I do focus on that piece of it. So Rachel, I wanted you to talk a little bit about that because when we first started, you were talking to 20 people a day. And the problem she had is that 20 year olds didn't want to respond to her. Yeah. So she, was, she was engaging in as many different ways as she actually possibly could to get the people of her age talking to her. And she started finding different ways to speak with them, not necessarily the most traditional ways. So now at this point in my business, I have clients in all age, age ranges, yes, but, thank goodness. 
<laughs> I find that people that are my age, 35 and younger, don't really love to talk on the phone unless they're like a really good friend of mine. So I usually try to engage with them in whatever way I normally communicate with them. And a lot of times I get engagement from my social media posts. You know, I represent a builder. We have a lot of great listings. So a lot of people will respond to things that I'm posting like, oh my God, that's such a beautiful kitchen or whatever. So I try to engage with them how I normally talk to them. And maybe I would respond, oh yeah, it's, you know, such an amazing space. Oh, by the way, how is your baby? You just had a baby. How are you doing? So I try to engage with people a little bit different, um, just in the way that I can get, actually get them to respond to me. Absolutely. And then the rest of your day, how do you, how do you structure the rest of your day? So after that, I usually take like a um, break around noon just to kind of check in, see what's coming to the email and what I need to deal with that's urgent. And then typically I'll have afternoon appointments, whether it's a listing appointment or buyers. I do work with a lot of buyers because of my age range. Um, most of my people right now are sell by. So um, a lot of times my afternoon is out and about either in meetings listing appointments or showings. Absolutely. Good. So you have a full day every day. Pretty much. Great. Um, what do you do if something, someone wants to do something in the evening? So that's been tough. Um, my personality style is amiable. So Carol can attest to this. Like I would work all hours of the day. I would accommodate anything for any of my clients um, but now that I'm a mom and I have two little humans that I adore and I mean, I want to be with them. So six to eight is family time. I don't meet with anyone during that time. Um, I will talk to people after eight o'clock after my kids go to bed if I need to. And that's usually contract negotiation or like if a seller needs to talk to me about something. Um, but I have reluctantly hired a buyer's agent. So that if I have a client that needs to see something during those hours or that's their primary time, then I, I swing them to my buyer's agent. Which is a big deal for her because she wouldn't do this for a really long time. So thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for being coachable. Um, what do you think is um, your biggest obstacle that you face? For me, it's time management and distractions. Um, I have a lot of stuff going on as we all do. And so just trying to really, like I've told Carol, since I had Asher, my two-year-old, like I need to be more efficient. Like, how can we get me more efficient? And so that's been my biggest struggle as of late. I would say before that it was different, but now that I'm a mom, it's time management and removing distractions and not getting sidetracked. And what was the number one thing you learned to do that? Delegation. <laughs> delegation, which I'm a control freak by nature. So this was very hard for me, but, um, I delegate almost everything that I do that I can delegate. I have, um, a full-time assistant and then we have since hired a social media manager. So she does all the marketing and social media. That's taken a huge, a huge burden off my plate. Um, I also have a nanny. So I try to delegate like home stuff to her, um, social media, marketing, all that. I try to delegate to as much people as I can. 
So can I ask, uh, this is kind of personal. How, how long did it take you to listen to your coach to delegate? Um, probably three years. Like yeah. I was a little bit, but then I take it back. Right. So, so how do you feel now about the delegation? I feel good. I feel like I'm very particular and specific. So I've just found that I have to train people to, um, like if it's something that I'm really particular about, Hey, can you just send me a text, look at this quick and then approve it. So finding ways that you're comfortable to delegate or just finding the right person too. Um, you know, if you have a, a staff that you don't trust, then maybe they're not the right person. Absolutely. And I'm really proud of you for doing it, by the way. You know, I, I, I care a lot about how you take care of that. So you talked a little about managing your time. How about managing your life, your work, work, everything? You know, think about you took over the team how many years ago? Two years ago now? Um, I think almost three. Yeah. Three years ago. So you have all this responsibility. How do you manage all of this? So time blocking is been a huge thing for me. So when I decided I needed to get more efficient, I did like a time test for, I want to say like three days, just each activity that I did, how long I thought it might take and then how long it does take. And everything that I do, I try to start it out with, okay, this should take me 20 minutes, set a timer at 20 minutes. If I'm not done, or if I'm not even close to being done, then I'm just always trying to reevaluate. And I schedule literally every single thing that I do throughout the day in my planner. So if something is bleeding over, then I have to find out, okay, where can I take time to, or where can I shorten up? Because I'm literally in back to back to back so that I can have the free time to spend with my family when it's needed. Absolutely. And this took you a long time to get to there. Mm -hmm. Remember, basically, she didn't really have time blocking in the past. I'm telling secrets. Sorry. It was sort of like a flow. <laughs> so um, these two little ones really help you become incredibly efficient in what you do, doesn't it? Yes. I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I had so much time before. Like how, how did I not do more? But also using the do not disturb button on my phone. I never used that before, but now I use it all the time. And even Carol knows this, like my husband calls me all the time during the day. And like, if I'm in the middle of something and I'm getting close to the deadline, I'm just like declining the phone call because <laughs> I really try to stay focused on whatever task I'm doing at that time. And you should know he is her partner. So he works in real estate in her office as well. Um, and yes, he does call her about 10 times a day, <laughs> if not more, but he's also doing business. So how did you figure out, you know, where to, to, to become a leader when you were always a team member? How did that happen? So I think finding people that are doing what you want to do successfully is the most important piece to that. So um, I'm in two strong masterminds, one through my company and then one through my brokerage. And that has really helped me just pinpoint people that I want to be like, and then seeking them out and asking for advice. And also coaching obviously helps tremendously because I always ask Carol, you know, the struggles that I'm having on the team front, but it's always a work in progress and I'm definitely not doing it perfect. So I still have a lot to learn on that end. But you've learned to adjust pretty rapidly. It looks like to me. Yeah. 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 What's one thing that you feel 
really makes a difference for how you deal with your day? Mindset is 100% makes the difference. Can you elaborate on that? So for me, I feel like if I start the day wrong with my mindset, then I am always kind of grouchy throughout the day. And I also being amiable, I'm always like, I dwell on things like, if oh, if a client's upset with me, oh, you know, I'm worried about it. It's causing anxiety. So two big things is just feeding the mindset all the time. And then we're also realizing that you choose your mindset. I, I think back to the story about Mike and Sabrina when they were robbed and Mike had to work then. I mean, he was speaking in front of a bunch of top producers the next morning and he had been up till five o'clock in the morning dealing with this and had been physically hurt, but yet he still got up and went to work the next day. And he, and no one knew that he had had that horrific thing happen then hours before. Mm -hmm. And I think about a story that Carol told me that about one of her clients who had cancer and he was prospecting every single day and doing his job every single day. And he's like grappling with it if he's going to live or not. And so then I think about me and I'm like, duh, you can do this. Like (laughs) you choose your mindset every single day. And so the things that I get upset about, I give myself, okay, you get 15 minutes to be pissed off about this. You can call whoever you can vent it out, talk to your husband, your um, assistant, whoever you want to talk to about it, but then it's gone. You have to reset because my thought process is to no one wants to be around negative energy. I meet with maybe five clients a day sometimes. So if I'm taking negative energy to each of those people, they're not going to want to work with me. So I try to reset, even if I'm super pissed off about something. And I say from Keith and Jane both, I'm alive, excited and full of energy. (laughs) And I just basically put on a new face and compartmentalize what's going on. And I try to just put it out of my mind and focus in on the client that I'm supposed to help because I don't want to lose a listing appointment because I'm pissed off about some other deal. I mean, then you're even hurting yourself more. So I just really try to remember it's you choose it. And then doing gratitude journals for me has been huge because we're in real estate and yes, it can get emotional and people can be crazy, but we're not an operating doctor. We don't have someone dying on our table. Like let's put things into perspective. We're just selling real estate. Um, I remember when you started your gratitude journal mm-hmm. and at, at first you hadn't been doing enough mindset exercise. You were pretty much on the go 24 seven. And then um, you had like an aha moment when you started writing in that. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you, what other thing, what other mindset exercises do you do besides your gratitude journal journal? Um, I do. I mean, when I'm in the car during the work day, I'm always listening to an audible, like a podcast or an audible book that's work related. And I've been focusing on mindset and Carol can tell you this. Um, I don't know when this was three or four months ago. And I said, I need every mindset book you have. I need you to send it to me. And this was like right after I had my daughter and, you know, there was transitions with the family and business was crazy. And so if I'm working, um, I'm listening in the car to those 
mindset things throughout the day. Like I used to listen to music all the time and sometimes I need that, but it, in general, my rule is if I'm driving for work, it's a mindset, um, book or podcast. If I'm driving for fun, for pleasure, then I can listen to music or whatever I, I want to listen to. What do you think helps you to stay so disciplined? I, we talked about this before, but for me, I think for every agent, you have to find your why and then really focus on that. So I struggled for years because I'm not super driven by money and I get very complacent because I don't need a lot to make me happy. And we have pretty affordable living here. So for me, it's the numbers that drive me and the accountability with myself, not even with other people. Like if I say I'm going to do something, I want to do it. So I found that finding that why has really driven me because then I'm, I'm obsessed with the numbers. That's what gets me going. So I think for every agent, they have to figure out what, what is their thing and then really focus on that. And I concur because if I, every single week I asked her before the baby was born, she knew exactly all of her numbers. She knew exactly where she stood. She knew exactly her volume. The, everything was known before she got on her call with me every single week. And I know that you, I could ask you right now where you stand and she would know exactly where she stands. She doesn't hide from her numbers. She attacks them. So uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, what do you do? Well, you sort of said this already, but well, you can elaborate if you want. What do you do when you're angry or overwhelmed and how do you strengthen your mindset? So I kind of go into driver mode. My stress personality is driver. And so then it's just like the to-do list. And I really just try to start. I write everything down and I rank it in terms of importance. And then I start crossing things off the list. That's what calms me down. It's like, oh my gosh, I have all these things to do. And I'm crossing them off. And that that for me is how I get through it. I also have to go into a quiet space. So I primarily work in, in my office with my assistant is in there all the time. Sometimes my marketing manager and then other agents on my team will come in and there. I just have to get away from the chatter. So I'll go into a private conference room and just really try to get things going on my list. I concur. When she started uh, with me years ago, she still had that to-do list. And, and actually, I have to work from the to-do list without a schedule at that point. And um, it always it keeps you on track. I think to-do lists for all of us get our brain in the right place. So thanks. That's a, that's important to know. Um, do you have any of the, you know, what are some of those books that you're reading right now? I know so, I sent you so many. I don't know what they were. Yes. So some of the ones that I, I love Grant Cardone. So I like the 10 X factor, be obsessed or be average is like, um, ones that I like, I love David Goggins book. Can't hurt me. That mm -hmm. is like, I mean, if you talk about overcoming challenges, that man has, I mean, his mindset is incredible. So I love that seven habits of highly effective people, um, you are a badass by Jen Sincero. So those are some of the more recent titles that I've listened to. Good for you. You know, I don't have, I only care for my own kids. What are some of the podcasts that you listen to? So I listen to the, you know, the one that Sabrina has, and then <laughs> I, I like to mix in some, like the mindset ones I would have to send to you. I don't have them up, but they're in my little podcast app, so I can send them out. <laughs> you just you just click in. There you go. Um, so it sounds like you've 
the children had a lot to do with how disciplined you are and how you're able to really have both both a life with them and a great real estate life. It's definitely made me um, tighten up my schedule and focus in and sharpen my skills so that I can be more efficient. And you seem pretty confident now that it's all working the way you want it to. Am I right? Yes. The anxiety before the first baby was like almost crippling because I was such a workaholic and you know, Carol, I mean, I would work from 8am to 9pm and I'm like, how am I going to do this? But I figured it out, figure it out because yeah, it basically took me being forced into it for me to do it. I remember. <laughs> um, what's one piece of advice that you would have for everyone here? So we kind of already talked about it, but I think find out what works for you. I think people are attracted to authenticity. So for me, there's so many ways to do this business in different ways, or, you know, different people do different things. And I'm amazed at the different styles, because sometimes I meet someone and I'm like, ah, I would never buy or sell real estate with them, but they are insanely productive. So I think finding your authentic self and how you can help other people and then just really being consistent with that. So like I said, I mean, I don't traditionally call 20 people every day, but I'm able to connect with my clients in a different way. And that works for me. So finding what really works for you and doing that soul searching of what, what is my driving force? And then really honing in on that, I think is, is very, very important. So I have a weird question for you that came to me. Would you want to do the 51% again in your future, whether you're pregnant or not? Yes, because I feel <laughs> way more calm. <laughs> I don't feel anxiety right now. And we're in the fourth quarter. So I think it's fun to, for, for me, it was amazing. I was, I didn't know I could do that. And then I mm -hmm. did it. So now I'm like, I better do that every year. And then maybe I can even adjust the goal up because I won't be taking two months off in the middle of the year. Right. Well, I think that that it was amazing to me that you did it number one, but it also was, uh, it's great working with you now. And she told the truth. She would not work on her business plan. She would refuse, by the way, refusing her coach to not work on the business plan until she hit goal. <laughs> so we had some really rough Decembers <laughs> sometimes, but um, yeah, you're much calmer now. Um, mm -hmm. Well, we have a few more minutes. I, I think we're going to leave a little early because I think we got everything we needed unless somebody wanted to ask a question. I don't know if we're allowed to do that here, uh, <laughs> but if someone did, we have about two minutes. Can I know you, you say again, what you said, um, your average day, you, I guess you don't make 20 calls, but you do five handwritten notes, five texts and what else? Yep. So I do five handwritten notes, five text messages. I do five phone calls because I do have clients that are in the age range where they like to talk on the phone. Um, and then I do five direct messages. So like on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. Um, that's just like directly messaging someone about something they posted or something that they maybe had a story. And then I do five of either a story on my Instagram or a social media post. 
so that I'm putting things out there that people are reminded that I'm in real estate and this is what I do. And that may not be like, oh, new listing. It may be like, oh, look at this funny thing that I saw while showing a house, like bright orange shag carpet or whatever it may be. Like I try to have a variety of things on there. Um, or maybe it's my, my children just trying to be top of mind for people at all times. Um, on Instagram, there's like a story feature and it's a 24 hour loop. So I try to never let my loop close. So I'm always trying to have at least, a, you know, these stories up for five. What percent of your business comes from that, do you think? So from social media, I mean, it's probably close to 20% of my business now. And a lot of it is people that know me through various different ways, college, high school, whatever. They know me in a different way, but they see me on social media and they say, oh my gosh, I saw that you're killing it in real estate. We're thinking about making a move. So that's, that's, those are the people in that percentage. Someone I wouldn't normally talk to that said they saw me on social media. And you also do um, other things that you give to people that helps you engage with them and uh, like HomeBot. And that, I mean, that was, that's key to half the time that people are thinking about listing. I mean, you get a lot of good business from that, don't you? Yeah. HomeBot has been an amazing tool. I don't do a monthly newsletter because I just found that people weren't opening them, but HomeBot is sent out to all my past clients or anyone that I'm currently working with or even center of influence, I'll input them in. And it's basically like a, a market value for their home and it goes out monthly. It has an open rate of around 80%. 80%. Then, yeah. I can see on my end who's searching the market, who's thinking about selling because it has triggers. Like if they've explored refinancing or if they've explored what is my home worth? So then I know who specifically I definitely need to reach out to. Thank you. Um, We're going to run out of time there. So this is the exact 30 minutes. That was a, that was a bonus thing, but that's given her a tremendous number of listings this year. And I thought that we should mention that. Thank you, you all. Can you have Rachel's number, please? I would like to connect with you, Rachel, if you don't mind. Yeah, it's 402-650-6500. Thank, Thank you. you all so much. Thanks for joining us. I know I'm not Sabrina, but I hope we did okay today. Thanks so <laughs> you much. You did a great job. Carol. All right. Thank you, everyone. Good Bye, to everyone. see you all. Bye.